Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good evening, TC, and welcome to our weekly podcast, The Current View, with the Idol of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. If you're listening free to the first half on Acast or Spotify, you can follow the links on our socials and access the full podcast via Apple or become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media or follow the show on Twitter at Current View or on Facebook, The Current View, or join the group and interact, The Current View also. Just under 600 members there. Thank you so much for your support. And it's number 98, and on every show now, TC, I'm going to be drinking a bottle of pale ale, and this week it's the Hopping Hare from the Badger Brewery, and they've been brewing since 1777, over 100 years before our wonderful game, Association Football, started. In league format, that is. Well, again, you keep coming up with all this information for all our listeners out there. Um, and what you say, telling us all, is that this was going before football even started. Well, I would imagine everybody were drinking before football started, Gabby. Absolutely. And to this day, TC, I mean, you, you're a, a, a connoisseur of Coke and tea. Have you ever drunk a bottle of lager, a pint of lager? Or do you drink I've coffee never, as well? I, what I did, I taste, I tasted lager and I tasted yeah. uh, beer. As you see, the reason why a lot of footballers get into drinking, the senior players, when the young players get in, uh, they get them tasting beer, and you know, uh, obviously some young kids, some young kids will t- start early. Mm-hmm. I tasted it, <clears throat> but my, not, not really. There's only one in my family who really drinks. Melvin, youngest one, mm-hmm. you know. Others are not really uh, drinkers. So, I mean, I've been drunk about. Eight times in my life, but not but, on beer. It's been on. No beer. No, yeah. no, no, no. I've never. Yeah. I've never drank a pint of beer or a pint of lager in my life. It must Ever. be something Ever. to do with Ever. Southampton legends, because the great Matt Letizia also hasn't ever drunk a pint of lager. Well, if you go out with a, a night out with Barley and, uh, <laughs> and the lads down there beaching all those, then uh, you still be drinking. But I, I, I could. I got the temptation not to, to have it. I mean, yeah. Brian Clough always used to say to me, he didn't like me drinking Coke. And uh, I mean, I never saw Clough drink like it, all these other di- others did. And we know he, obviously, he got drinking towards the end of his uh, management career or managerial career. Mm-hmm. Um, the lads would, Everton, there were big drinkers there. You know, everywhere I've been, there's been big drinkers, but it's just, yeah. it's just never bothered me at all, Gabby. No, yeah. it's never, you know, um, if I, I've never got drunk when I was footballing. I've never been drunk when I was footballing. I've yeah. only been drunk when I packed in football. And I got drunk on uh, vodka and coke, Bacardi and coke, that type of thing. Uh, the only the only shot I didn't I don't like is is whiskey. Uh, not whiskey, um, gin. I don't I've never got a horrible taste of me gin. Mm. But, and, I, and I like a glass of wine. When I say I like a glass of wine, last time mm. I had a drink, Gabby, must be a year ago. Blimey. Right. And before that, it must have been five years ago. 
So, you know, the only time I'll have a, a drink, I'm telling a lie, I'm telling a lie, because I went for a meal of the week, I had a glass of wine. Did I? Yeah, I did. I think I did have a glass of wine. So, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a drinker, but obviously with this COVID and that, you don't, you don't get a chance to get out, do you? You certainly do. a little bit better now, but uh, no, I've never, I've never ever, ever, ever been drunk when I was playing football, ever. Well, we've we've established that TC is a tea lover and a Coke drinker. He doesn't particularly like the pale ale, although I am absolutely loving the hopping hair and I love the names as well. I think they've got some great <laughs> names. Oh, they're some great names, aren't they? <laughs> there, yeah. And, and you can follow him on uh, on Facebook, guys. Badger Beers, absolutely fantastic. What was also fantastic, TC, uh, this weekend are the magic moments. So what have you sourced for us this week, sir? Well, this this week, I, I you know as well as I do, I only usually I've only been picking one. Yeah. But I thought there were three absolutely sublime moments in the Liverpool game against Southampton. And like like we say every week, there's that many. You know, it's untrue. Um, we didn't do the podcast, or we did do the podcast, but it didn't take last night. I mean, when you look at that uh, Pookie goal last night, absolutely another <laughs> yeah. fabulous goal. But the three I picked out was um, Marnie's pass. It's, it's, you have to see it yeah. uh, to, to, to believe it. And Delicious. The way, yeah. uh, the, to see how tight he got that through mm. and yet kept it in play. So, and then the, the finish-up scoring a goal from it. Uh, in between that, in between uh, that one and the second goal of Liverpool's, there was a save, because we never really mentioned the goalkeepers, there was a save by Alisson, which kept Liverpool at 1-1. Yeah. At uh, 1-0. Yeah. Could have gone 1-0, and it was a fabulous save. So, I'm going to have a look to see if I see any spectacular saves, which, because, you know, defender... Uh, Defenders, goalkeepers never seem to get mentioned in our. Um... We did the other week though with Ramsdale when he made though that fantastic yes. save, didn't he? But I think that was you more than the, the yeah. me. So I, you know, I'm going to look for that. And the second goal of Henderson's ball uh, between the two players in and around the penalty area, yeah. tight on the penalty area, and then there was another two moves on top of it. One, you know, one touch pass in it were absolutely brilliant. So they were me three, but you know. I mean, some of yours, what you mentioned again, you know, they're absolutely they're just sublime, aren't they? And is that many? You could, one weekend, you could you could get enough magic moments out to last the season. Oh, you certainly could. And the nice thing is that now you've got the YouTube clips and it's not just the Premier League, but it's down the pyramid as the well. Absolutely. All and you're right, TC. Global. And even in amateur football, we see some fantastic goals in amateur football. Yeah, don't we just? But my my three magic moments are uh, John McGinn's goal at Crystal Palace. I thought was absolutely sublime, Brilliant. fantastic, <laughs> and I loved his goal celebration as well. <laughs> I don't know if that was a little bit of um taking the Mickey out of Delhi Alley because he used to do a similar uh, goal celebration, didn't he? You never know with McGinn because he is a bit of a character, isn't he? He um I think it was last Christmas he he dressed up at Body Reef as a a giant turkey or a chicken or something so the kids got a sense of humor so well done mcginn and good luck to the villa tonight 
play in Manchester City. Jack Grealish returns to Villa Park. Need, I, I think they'll need it, but yes, I'm with you. Good luck to him. I almost, well, I, I had a ticket, but with work commitments, etc., it, it wouldn't, I wouldn't have time to get to Villa Park and sit in Tom's seat because he's working at the Rover, but I would have had a ticket to watch Jack's return and I would have stood up and applauded him and I, I hope that the Holt End and the rest of the Villa fans do because at well, the end of the day, he is a, yeah. a great servant for him. And Absolutely. But none of us should. Uh, £100 million. Yeah. That helps not only... It's going to make Jack secure for life, but it's mm. going to... It's going to... Well, it should help Aston Villa uh, in their plight to, to buy new players if if the owners are willing to uh, do that. And maybe with, with Stephen Gerrard coming in, uh, they may be uh, willing to back Gerrard more than they were Dean Smith. Absolutely, and they have played loads of dough into Villa. They are, they are very rich owners. I've said for some time on this podcast that Villa are on the cusp. And the city of Birmingham, I know the Blues fans don't like it when I say this, but I do believe it to be true. I've always said it as a kid that Birmingham needs a strong Aston Villa. If for anything, just to get Birmingham up to their level. I'd rather have a race to the top than one to the bottom. It's the, it's the second biggest city in the country. We don't punch our weight so in football. So yeah. de- Midlands definitely needs a, a major team. Absolutely. Yeah, and regardless what anyone says, Villa is the biggest supported team in, in Birmingham. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, Villa are one of the biggest supported teams, you know, in, 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 yeah, and in Europe yeah. as well. well I mean, in Europe. In, you know, I mean, that are ma- we don't mention Europe as such, but you're right. I mean... But people don't realise how... There's other than Germany, yeah. uh, league-wise, yeah. what a vast vast support with the club football clubs. Oh, it's a fantastic you know, But we have, we've got four leagues. We don't have one league like Germany has. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We have the best pyramid in... Well, we have, yeah. we, we have the best pyramid since uh, outside of Egypt, haven't we? Let's be truthful. <laughs> and, and my second one was Sancho's goal for Manchester United. I just loved it the way he sat the goalkeeper down. It reminded me a little bit of how you used to sit goalkeepers down, but you used to go round and get on your hands and knees and head the ball into the back of the net. Sancho well, just I, put I, it in the back I, of the I net. Did, I did that once. Uh, <laughs> it was offside. I, can't, I still can't believe it was offside today. To this day, I can't. If VAR had been about that, he would have stood the goal. Yeah, you know what I mean? I wish he'd had it. But I posted one today when I went round the goalkeeper. But it was a great goal. Chester. You, you, would have, you would have expected Jorginho to, to miscontrol it. I know it was high up here. Up here. Jock said to me, why did he edit that? Yeah. I said, because he might have not, it'd have been fighting the editing when he was coming for that eye from the sky. So he's trying to pull it down. Made a mess of it, but you can't take the goal away from uh, Sancho. And like you said, Sublime how he put the uh, the goalkeeper on his backside. Absolute cost him the Ballon d'Or as well. That did I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that Ballon d'Or going to Messi? I know Messi's one of the greatest players of all time, no question there. But I don't think Messi's had that brilliant a season. I mean, I would have give it to Lewandowski personally, but I think there is an argument for Jorginho, given that Chelsea won the Champions League. Chelsea won the won the league. Uh, sorry, um, City won the league, didn't they? Of course. Uh, Chelsea won the Champions League and Italy won the uh, the Euro. So Jorginho had a great season. Yeah, listen, I mean you can't knock Messi, you can't knock Ronaldo. They've, they've been absolutely hundred percent sublime yeah. throughout mm. the careers. I mean, yeah. what a great speech Messi made when he, you know, even he thought that uh, Lem- uh, Lewandowski deserved it. Mm. And 
you know, you still get people differ of who, who, who was a deserved winner this this year. You know, I'm, I'm with you again. Uh, Lewandowski would have been my uh, choice, but is that many great players and is that many great performances? You know, what happens? Ronaldo and Messi pull up a piece of magic. Yeah, and it takes absolutely. it takes it away from everybody else because, you know, even though how well the I mean, when you look at Xavi and Iniesta, yeah. when Barcelona, the best, and, and, and Messi's winning uh, the Ballon d'Or season in, season out, you're telling me that they didn't deserve it, any one of them two, or anyone, anyone in the team. Yeah. But, you know, the, the people who pick it, it's opinions. And, you know, I, I think Messi would have been embarrassed uh, himself because mm. he, he didn't, think he's had a great season because obviously Barcelona had a poor season yeah, absolutely 100% yeah. so, so. But, but you know every time I see Messi play he's always doing well he's taking a little bit of time to settle in at uh, Paris Saint-Germain but you know choose who they gave it choose who they give it to practically at that level you know you can look at it and think well yeah he's had a good season in. but you've got to feel sorry for, for, for Lewandowski because he's I mean his record is as is unbelievable his goal scoring record, isn't it? Absolutely, I think he's just the, the greatest central striker uh, on the planet, and I think he has been for uh, for several seasons. I'm a massive fan of Lewandowski. I think he's absolute dynamite. But my, uh, but, my... But when you look at but what, what the kid at, uh, who you like, I mean, I like him hell of a lot. He's going to be a hell of a player. The blonde lad for uh, Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, Julian Brandt. I think he's an absolute genius. No, 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 no. The, the goal scorer. Oh, you mean Haaland? Haaland. Yeah, Haaland. Haaland. Yeah. I mean, when you look at his year for goals, he scored. Yeah, I mean, it's a phenomenal year because it goes on a year, doesn't it, with, with, with that Ballon d'Or? The it? problem is, TC, with all his Ballon d'Or and all his, you know, the the stats in football, etc., etc., they go on achievements. So the fact that he scored lots of goals in the Bundesliga, and I think Ireland is is just different gravy. He he certainly should be up there um, vying for the uh, the, the Ballon d'Or. Bridges plays for Borussia Dortmund, doesn't he? He didn't get to the Champions so League final. Right because I know, it's right wrong. Borussia Dortmund is the biggest supporter club in Germany. 100%. I just think it's wrong. But, it know, should don't... be on the player who's had the best season. Not the club yeah. that's won the most or the Euros. And I'm contradicting myself a little bit when I'm saying that with Jorginho winning the Champions League and the Euros with, with Chelsea in Italy. But I do think it just should go on who's had what football player has had the best season, regardless of what his I'll team has done. That. But let's take Jorginho. Yeah. How many How many of our pundits were criticising Jorginho, uh, Jorginho yeah. up until uh, Tuchel come to Chelsea? Oh, absolutely. I mean... The, the... Crucifying Jorginho, saying he weren't doing it for, for, for uh, Lampard. I think you'll yeah. find that the white wall at Chelsea were, were asking oh, for no, to no, get no, transferred no, back. Sent back to Italy. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah. No, they don't have contradict themselves, these pundits in England, you know. And I've got to say, in uh, the latest World Soccer magazine, there's a wonderful face-to-face interview of uh, Robert Lewandowski with the headlines, I feel like I'm 25 again. And I think his training regime is quite... Um, and he's certainly the way he eats his food is quite extraordinary because he has his sweet, then he has his mains, then he has his starters to finish, doesn't he? Well, the thing about it is, uh, when you're full, 
Mm-hmm. It's like when you eat your food yourself, you eat your favourite. Yeah. What's on that plate, don't you? Whether it's meat, whether it's veg or whether it's potato. Yeah. People will eat the favourite first because, you know, if they're going to be full, they want to leave something what they're not really bothered about eating. But, yeah. I mean, that is a peculiar way of eating your food, isn't it? It you know, is, yeah. But I don't... Your main course and then your dessert. Absolutely. Don't blame him because it would be ice cream for me that would start because <laughs> that, that is my favourite food <laughs> ever. Ice cream. I love it. But the the magic moment that I love most this week was at Burson uh, Selena's goal for Ipswich against Crew. And if Maradona, if Messi or Ronaldo would have scored that, it would have gone all round the planet because that you was just sublime. Where was it scored? Exactly. Portman Road. Champion. Well, I mean, which have been a fantastic football club, and it still is a fantastic football club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it scored in Championship One. Mm. They're well, never ever going to show that goal. But what they will say, TC, is it was only scored for Ipswich against Crew. Okay. Yeah. Let, well, let's, let, yeah, exactly. But let's league, take that argument. When you look at it, the league yeah. uh, and the players he's playing against. Mm. But you're right. Take that out of it. Yeah, yeah. It's an unbelievable goal, isn't it? Yeah, because he's the he's he's took a dropping ball from the sky, killed yeah. it, and then chipped the goalkeeper in one movement. So really, with the actual skill levels of what he did on that Sunday at Portman Road, you could have played that game. You could have played that on the surface of Mars against an inter- intergalactic force. It would still be the same goal because it was that sublime bit of skill. And that's what I would have thought before. Let's put it this way. Yeah. If you take that goal yeah. and put it into Europe yeah. and said, so we'll just say we're taking it out of uh, the Premier League, yeah, yeah. everybody would be ranting and raving about it, wouldn't they? Of course it would. But again, the, the, but, the skill level is no different to where he scored yeah, that goal against that. him. It's good. Yeah. Exactly. When I went to play for Sheffield Wednesday, yeah, yeah, the yeah. amount of people what gave me stick for going to play third division I got it. I yeah. got. They didn't get me, but I got them. I understood why this, why they said it. Yeah. You know, but it didn't bother me scoring goals in third division when people then used to say to me, "Hey, you're too good for doing that." Yeah. But it's so easy for you to do it. Yeah. No, it isn't so easy. It, it's still hard to do it at that level of football because yeah, yeah. you're not getting the quality of the ball to you. The problem is mm. people will always knock for where you play at if you're not playing. In the Premier League or at the elite level in Europe, yeah, absolutely. In the Champions so. League, you know, company. Look at look at the players nowadays. Yeah, yeah. They don't want to sign for anyone unless they're in the Champions League now. No, you're hundred percent true, and that's the problem. So that, that's how football's changed. Yeah, and that's the problem with football and the modern day football fan. Not everybody, but lots of them, especially the younger ones that are too busy playing on the playstations, looking at stats, uh, and and they don't look deeper and look at the pure side of football. But we do. We also look at Book Corner and in association with MyFootballBooks.com, and I've say part we've done part one and part two, which is a spin-off from the current view Book Corner with Andy from My Football Books. Uh, part three is next Thursday, TC, and I'm really looking forward to getting to my getting my teeth into the uh, the podcast with Andy. He sent us some fantastic books over uh, this week. First off, uh, Bloody Southerners. What do you know about Bloody Southerners, TC? Well, 
he wasn't with us last night and you know I don't say that TC yeah. you pretend so it didn't it right. happen <laughs> I did, got it right didn't I yeah it was about Brian Brian Howard Clough and Peter Taylor their time at Brighton Hove Albion the Brighton Hove Albion Odyssey by Spencer Vignes V-I-G-N-E-S and uh, Brian did uh, Brian and uh, Peter did leave Derby County. I believe they walked out on Derby when they won 1-0 at Manchester United and that one of the directors had waved his finger at Peter Taylor and Cluffy told him to stick his job up his jacksey, which Cluffy wouldn't, and they found themselves on the south coast. You know, when you, when you, when you look at uh, Clough, when he, go, when, he, when he went down to Brighton, mm-hmm. um, Unless he went to, to Leeds. Lots of players don't like leaving certain areas. People said to me, I weren't happy. But nothing to do with it. I loved it down in Southampton. Absolutely loved it. Fabulous place to live. But Cluffy liked to be up in the Derby area. If you look, he's never gone anywhere, really. He's, he's been there since he took over for when he left Hartlepool to, to stay at Derby. So he stayed in that area. Mm. Uh, by when he played Leeds, but obviously only last 44 days. You know, so... Well, I always, look, I always used to say to myself, I wonder why why Cluffy didn't get a Man United or an Arsenal or a Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool, Fleet, Liverpool always kept uh, coaches from within, didn't they? Yeah. From out of the boot room, mm. you know. But a Man United, when they struggled like they were struggling for years, obviously it turned out great for them because they got Fergie. But even that could have gone badly wrong three or four times. So it, it worked out right for them. But um, I mean, even Cluffy going down there. Uh, we we spoke about the the Bristol Rovers again when they got beat eight two. I mean I thought it was about six. But it was I remember uh, Ni- uh, Nigel being on the TV uh, talking about or oh, the uh, commentated Brian Moore uh, saying to, to to Nigel what was the best. You're breaking up a bit, TC. You're breaking up, TC. You're sounding quite garlicky. Is that better? That's much better, TC. Right. Um, so, we, we young Nigel, uh, and Brian Moore, and Brian Moore, like, like winding little Nigel up to, to take the Michael out of his dad because they got beat 8 2 by Bristol Rovers. I remember all that type of thing because, you know, Nigel was only a young boy uh, and he used to sit on our, on, our, on our bench. In fact, he sat on the bench at uh, Brighton a few times. But he used to sit on our bench um, at Forest. Mm. He used to fetch them both in Nigel and Simon. Cloughy always used to involve the bands, as he would call them. And didn't that lad grow up to be a great player? But uh, Andy also sent us that on this day, the 1st of December, 1973, as you've just alluded to, TC. Brighton lost 8-2 at home to Bristol Rovers in a third division fixture. Um, They went on and and won the league. Well, certainly they got promoted in the 73-74 season, uh, Bristol Rovers. And at that particular time, in December, they were top of the league. So they had a decent team. I mean, Brighton weren't bad, but Bristol Rovers did have a really good team uh, that season. So that's one to look they had one for. Of my, they had one of my uh, old Sheffield Wednesday players there. Who was that? Uh, Alan, Alan Warboys, because obviously I remember Alan Warboys. Oh, okay. Wednesday. Yeah, he scored uh, for that game. It was, it was a, um, 
go, top goal scorer at that level. Yeah. Uh, and I loved him at uh, Sheffield, at Sheffield Wednesday. Right. But for some unknown reason, he didn't get on with the manager and he, and he was sold and he sold, moved on and finished with Bristol Rovers or he went straight to Bristol Rovers. I'm not quite sure now. It's a long time ago. But and he played at Doncaster Rovers, I think, more boys afterwards. Oh, right. Okay. No. We'll have a look at that. But he, uh, he scored four goals that day for uh, for Bristol. But when you look at the when you look at that, uh, Cluffy managing Brighton getting beat eight mm. two. You look at Fergie getting beat six um, nil or six one at Southampton. Absolutely, great great shirts. Bands, yeah, all the great, all these great men he had played great shirts. <laughs> Does only Fergie get away with that one? Oh, no, it's incredible, isn't it? Imagine if Ali had said imagine that. Imagine me coming out with that. Well, we got beat today. We got beat by Sheffield United today 5 0 because we played in red shirts. <laughs> you know, it'd be unreal, wouldn't it? But somebody should get away with it. It's incredible, I'm yeah. Not, fantastic manager, Fergie. But what I'm trying to say is, yes. you know, he got away with Fergie tie for years. I mean, I love, I love, I love listening to him and what his record is. But I'm just having a bit of fun now about about Fergie. But if if anybody else would have come out with that type of uh, statement, the the media would have crucified him. But the, these great managers, you know, you wouldn't expect one of their teams to get beat six or eight nil, would you? No, you wouldn't. But again, in football, it's we all have bad days, don't we? And we get smashed. I remember Wenger taking an Arsenal team yeah, to Old Trafford. I think they got beat by eight to. Uh, that day, if memory serves me right, United pasted them. Absolutely. You wouldn't think that those type of managers would ever get beat, that any of their teams would ever get beat like that. You look at Klopp recently against the Villa. I might might be right here, but I think Man United got beat every twice under Fergie. Yeah, I can't think of the second one, but they definitely did at Southampton. They got absolutely smashed. Got, I'm sure they've got they got hammered in another game. Mm-hmm. And I'm, obviously, I remember that. Wasn't that the game when Wenger stood on that box? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a lot of people were thinking about sticking Wenger in a box. I remember <laughs> when he was stood on it. <laughs> he'd, been sent, he'd been sent off or something. Or something like that. I don't know. It was, it was a phenomenal game of football, and, it, and it's one that... that you know, go on to YouTube and or you probably there's probably a video somewhere and and uh, rewind it because it it was a phenomenal game of football and United were really pretty much at the pump in uh, in those days and you know yeah, what a team. I mean, no, they were both great. They were both you know title contenders, weren't they? <laughs> but you know, again, United didn't they smash Newcastle that one year or 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 no Newcastle smashed Man United five, didn't they? That was probably the other one game you're thinking yeah. of TC Prince yeah. uh, Philip Albert chipped um, Schmeichel didn't he that's right Newcastle that's smashed right, yeah. him yeah yeah that would have been the other one yeah so you know it does happen Villa got beat uh, sorry Villa smashed uh, Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool team a couple of seasons ago 7-2 yeah. at Villa Park you have freak results all the time it's you know it's, it's yeah, part of the game but wasn't that when he played the kids no no, they Liverpool had Liverpool had a full strength side. That was the oh, um, the the cup game when they had to play the kids and uh, and Villa Villa tanked them. But no, that was uh, that was a league game. Jack Grealish scored that that got brilliant goal, didn't he? Again, he sat the goalkeeper down and just like kind of dinked him. Uh, absolute quality, which leads us nicely the uh, the thread there of Aston Villa to um, the next book in book corner. AV40 Champions of Europe, and I'm going to a reunion of that great. 
Villa team next Monday and Monday week on the 6th and the 13th at the Britannia Sports Bar at Wollaston. And I'm very much looking forward to uh, to seeing those legends. That Villa yeah, team... Great players in that. Oh, absolutely. Players in that team, yeah. So the thing is, TC, we, we've touched upon it earlier when we're on about Birmingham. You know, this is the second biggest city. This is a big city in England. When you look at the conurbation area and you take it in the West Midlands, and let's leave out Wolverhampton Wanderers going that way, but let's look at Solil and, and, and round there. You know, you're looking at probably two or three million people plus, but we've never punched our weight. And that Villa team is the only team in my lifetime to have won the Football League Championship. 1981, was it? Yeah, 81. And then 82, they won the European Cup. And when we're looking at the European Cup, every team ever that's ever played football in my region, Birmingham and the West Midlands, that is the only team that's ever won the European Cup. What what an achievement. Listen, when you look look at Villa and the size of it and the history of it, Mm -hmm. And what has it gone now? What, 82, so we're calling that 18 years. And was it 20? It was 71 years, too, so since they won it before. Unbelievable. It, it is, it's you incredible. Know, even when, when Martin O'Neill there, people were saying, like, you know, great to, um, he's always in the top six. I get that. I really get it. But, but they should be top one. But they, uh, they should be fighting. Yeah. They should be fighting minimum yeah. for the fourth spot. But it's big enough to win. I mean, it held the record for the FA Cups at one point, did Villa? Oh, they've, they've, they've had, I think it's over 50 FA Cup semi-final games at Villa Park. I mean, I've gone to Villa Park a, a number of uh, times recently. No, I'm what about winning the FA Cup? They had they held the record at one point. Villa Villa, Villa held the record. Um, they, I think, I think Tottenham caught them up when they won the seventh, but uh, Villa were the first. Villa were the yeah. first to win seven leagues and seven cups. You know, I mean, Villa, Villa were were the first super club, if you like, uh, back in the day. Or you could argue at, Preston, Preston were then Villa. Look at Wolves exactly. in the fifth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it, it's it's had a really uh, depressing. I say depressing time. It's probably the wrong word to use, because some of the Bir- some of the uh, Midlands clubs, well, the Birmingham clubs, have had some form of success. TC, uh, when you say depressing Birmingham, times, Birmingham, you can use Birmingham. that word about my team, Birmingham City. It's been very depressing watching my side try and but play what football. What I'm telling you, there are. They've had some form of. The, the, I think they've been at Wembley twice in Birmingham. Didn't they win it once the League Cup? We won it in, uh, was it 2011? We beat Arsenal. Uh, yeah. I, I know I can remember. But what I'm trying to say is, yes. they should be challenging. It's a big city, isn't 100%, it? 100%. Absolutely, TC. So, yeah, you know, amazing, mate. Aston Villa's, you Birmingham's, you know, uh, and your Wolves should be challenging. They they were the big clubs uh, from, from that air, uh, area. Let's not forget but West Bromwich Albion. Yeah. And, no, but. Mm-hmm. West Brom didn't win like Wolves Villa did and Birmingham did, did they? West we Brom's always been a good footballing team. I can remember West Brom from me playing. Mm-hmm. I can I remember when they were I remember the is it Tony Brown Tony Brown when he scored Bummer. the offside goal for West Brom against Leeds. <laughs> they always had a good they always had a good team, didn't they? Oh yeah. To listen to the rest of this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media or just follow the links in the description. Thank you. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 